Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director, here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, more big news from Days of Our Lives. Peacock, the streaming network, has ordered a five-episode limited series from the soap that is called Beyond Salem and will feature fan favorites, new and old. Lisa Rinna, who now appears on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, will reprise the role of Billy Reed, and she is just one familiar face that will be featured in the new show. So I do know the list of other alums, but I'm sworn to secrecy, but that information will certainly be revealed in the weeks to come. And I promise like it's gonna be some goodies. Um, So the show is shooting right now and will also feature many of its current stars. Um, And the premise is that over a long weekend, John and Marlena travel to Zurich, Ben and Sierra have a romantic getaway in New Orleans, Chad visits some old friends in Phoenix, and Abe, Paulina, Lonnie, and Eli vacation in Miami. All of them are going to find themselves embroiled in a mystery involving stolen jewels, which in the wrong hands could cause dire consequences for Salem. So it sounds very dazed to me and, you know, kind of harkens back to that prison story of yore, which sucked me into the show back in 1984, so I could not be more excited to tune in. I just think it's so smart, given how many fan fave characters are floating out there in the universe, you know, some in Salem, some who've left town, uh, to take advantage of the opportunity that streaming services provide and tap into the myriad story possibilities for what is essentially a spinoff. You know, I wish that we'd see the same thing happen for other shows as the other networks expand their own streaming options. ABC could do one set in Nixon Falls, or it could follow uh, Anna Donnelly, Sean's daughter, as she navigates being like a, a novice WSB agent. I've always thought B&B could do something set in Forrester's Paris office and on and on and on. Uh, but the limited series that Days did on its app, I think really proved the potential of the format and good for Peacock for seeing the value there. I think Days fans will be really pleased to have this extra content. And to your earlier point, there are a lot of fun bits of casting news associated with it that I think will just drive anticipation. And speaking of anticipation, let's talk about what lies ahead this week on B&B. So we are going to see Steffi and Finn head to the altar, but first we will see the arrival of his parents in the form of Ted King as Jack and Naomi Matsuda as Lee. There will be surprises aplenty in this story, so viewers will absolutely need to tune in for the whole week so they do not miss a moment of what's coming up. Uh, Young and Restless is also going to have some really big story as Phyllis sets a plan in motion to bust Sally and Tara. Uh, We're also going to see Bold and Beautiful's Eric, played by John McCook, have an instrumental role in Phyllis's investigation. So there's another fun crossover afoot. And I am super psyched about both stories. I just love that we're heading into August with big story points about to blow. Yes, and on the GH front, there's going to be a lot of drama at Young Wiley's third birthday party. Willow's mom, Harmony, who we haven't seen since last year, makes a surprise appearance, and Chase throws her out, which upsets Willow, sending her darting back to the gatehouse with Michael hot on her heels, and all of this sets the stage for the possible reveal of their affair to Chase. And in Nixon Falls, Nina is missing her grandson on his birthday, and Brooklyn makes a video call to her so that she can see Wiley and wish him a happy birthday, but uh uh-oh, she is with Sonny at the time, and Carly's at the birthday party. 
Love. I won't say how that turns out, but I know a lot of GH viewers are getting a little impatient about how many months Sonny has been gone from Port Charles and wouldn't be mad at all if that's how the secret that he's alive exploded. Uh, I will say that as a viewer, I have conflicting feelings about how long the Nixon Falls story has gone on and the Sonny Nina connection and all of that, but I think the alternative, which is the show rushing it and compressing the timeline and not taking months to develop the relationship between Sonny and Nina, and to let some time go by before Carly was planning this marriage of convenience to Jason, like that would have been subject to criticism too. We would have said the show should have taken its time. So in the end, I, I really do admire GH's chutzpah in a way for taking the risk of keeping Sonny out of his typical orbit for so many months and committing to doing it the way that they're doing it. I totally agree. And I really have loved seeing how Maurice Bernard has navigated playing Mike as opposed to Sonny. You know, I feel that long-term soap jobs are, to an extent, golden handcuffs because it's such a great job, but in a sense, you're doing exactly the opposite of why you became an actor, which was to play different roles. So when an actor does get the opportunity to do something else, you know, I'm really happy for them because it's such a great change of pace. And you could just tell in their performance that they're excited about, you know, twists or doing something else yeah. or something new. You know, it's like when actors tell us how much they love going on location, even outside the studio, like even in the parking lot. Right. <laughs> every day inside has like got to get tiresome. Yeah, I think the fans really value the consistency and the actors do understand that sentiment, but I have never spoken to an actor who didn't like getting to change it up. But speaking of, our guest today is none other than Maurice Bernard. So let's get him on the line for his perspective on all things Port Charles and Nixon Falls. Hi, Maurice. Hey, what's going on? How are you? We're good. I haven't talked to you in a long time. I know. I'm super excited. About five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been longer for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, congratulations on your recent daytime Emmy win as Outstanding Lead Actor, your third such trophy. So tell us where you were on Emmy night. Well, the beauty of it was uh, I was home with my son and my wife, and... It was amazing because just their the whole when I won the their the, their reaction moved me more than anything because it was like I hugged my son and I'm getting emotional right now but and then my wife was just so happy and and it's something you don't really get when you're at the ceremony you don't get it's almost close up you know when you're at home quiet no one around you're truly in the moment because that's the thing that's different. When you watch it on TV and you got it's it's more personal. When you're there, there's a lot of different energy going on. And if you lose, there's that energy. And if you win, there's that energy. So it was interesting that to be here with them was just beautiful. Well, how did you feel about calling Emmy number three your own? Well, I felt fantastic. I mean, you know, and I'm not just joking. For me, it was more for the storyline. And um, and also during the end of that story, my dad got Alzheimer's, so I had to. It was art imitating life, but it was it was so that in itself makes it even more important. So sorry to hear that. How's he doing? Not good. Sorry, Maurice. Oh God. Well, yeah. I'm sorry to shift now. <laughs> It does seem like earlier in your career, you placed a lot of importance on the Emmys. Yes. Winning. Um, but also you've had a real attitude shift in recent years. So can you explain how you feel about it and why it changed? Yeah. When you're young and it's all about ego and acting, I had to win. And I didn't win for a long time, which was good because it just taught me to, you know, relax and shut up and just do the work. And then I won after like 10 years. But I had gone to the Emmys quite a lot. And the winner is not me. <laughs> and the fans were, you know, they're crazy, man. <laughs> they don't understand the, the, the politics of it, it, it as far as like, it's, it's about a tape, you know? It doesn't really, it's just who has the best tape. And I knew a couple years, because I was told, you ain't winning. Yeah, but I'm the, you know, I got the script. Nope, you ain't winning. <laughs> and that person was right every time. Um, 
and then I won and then, and, and, and it still didn't go away. You know, you, you think it does. And then as I, it took me, what, another 15 years to win. And I think I just learned that the, just the importance of life. It's not the next day. Nobody, you know, it's like, you, you know, you have it. I have it in my house and it's great, but there's, especially with the Alzheimer's story and my dad getting Alzheimer's, you, and, and things that you go through, you start realizing, come on, man, get a, get a, get a hold of yourself. It's not, it's not the biggest thing in the world. It really is, mm -hmm. but it's great. Well, we have more things to congratulate you about. Uh, you recently threw a wedding for your daughter, Kaylee, and we spotted some GH faves past and present at the party. So tell us who was there. And of course, since you're uh, talking to two diehard Sonny and Brenda fans, Please go into as much detail as possible about your reunion with Vanessa Marcel. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this. I don't drink anymore. And that was the first wedding that I didn't have a drink at all, nothing. Or even party, big party that I had. And in the past, you know, it's not that I would drink a lot. It's just that I would get dark when I drink. And, and you know, I'm still all right, but it's, it would be in my way. It wasn't a good thing, right? So I had the greatest time being sober, man, just not drinking. And just like it was, you know, Vanessa was there, which was amazing. And uh, Chad was there. Dominic was there. Real was there. It was just it was just a cool wedding, man. It was like, it was at my house. We had put a pond in and, it, and it, we got married by the pond. It was just perfect. And then at night we danced and I danced with Vanessa. And believe me, we're still pretty damn popular. So, you know, it's, I put it on Instagram and fans went wild over it. And uh, it was cool. It was, what can I say? My daughter, I love my daughter and her husband. They're like two peas in a pod. And they live with me. And it's just amazing, you know? And so it was just one of those weddings. That's awesome. That's great. And uh, as far as we're concerned, and we're not the only ones, Sonny and Brenda will always be popular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, not only was there a wedding, but you are also a grandfather now. So tell us about baby Eloise. Yeah. Baby Eloise, the cute, I was going to put her on Instagram today, but I decided to put something else on. Uh, she's the cutest thing. She, all she does is stare like that. <laughs> and I talk to her, and she's like that. And she's cute as hell, man. But anyway, it's great. Life's great. And uh, that's the way life is, man. Mm -hmm. It gives you, gives you a gift, then takes it away, and then gives you another gift. And then it takes it away and that's, and you have to kind of, uh, it's always a lesson in between the gifts. That's kind of the way I see it. Mm -hmm. A year ago, if I had known what was going to happen to me a year later, might've been a little easier to go through stuff. But problem is when you're going through stuff, you don't think this will happen. Right. Right. Well, I'm curious to know, given, you know, how much work you've done on yourself and how much work you've done to um, try to understand and get a handle on your own state of mind. How are you different as a grandfather than you were as a father? Well, like I say, you know, I, it's funny when you say state of mind, but it's funny uh, on my state of minds, we discuss these things that are brought to light through our children. We see our mistakes. And so I look at my kids and I go, damn it. Why couldn't I have done that differently? And it's not a bad thing. It's just a little thing that I know that I don't do and now they're not doing. And I say, son of a, it's not their fault. It's my fault. Um, now I would hope with my grandkids that I will, I'm doing what I didn't do. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm verbal with them and I'm affectionate and I'm, and I'm, it's such a, and it, it this cannot change. This can't be a baby thing. And then as they get older, I go back to being whatever it is. Right. It's got to, I have to now as a grandfather say, don't, do not change. What is this? A, is this a psychiatric? Uh, yes. <laughs> this is therapy right now? That's the way state of mind is. It's like therapy. 
<laughs> well, let's get into some General Hospital. Uh, for the entirety of 2021, you've been playing essentially a new version of Sunny, the amnesiac Mike. So when did you first find out that the show is planning this story, and what did you think about it? I was told about the story before it started. I had my inkling of how it would go, but I, I was into it to do something different, to play a different energy, to put my hands in my pocket, to be just a di- more of a version of me, Maurice, than, you know, than I do with Sonny. Mm-hmm. Sonny's just a, it's a, hard, it's a hard character to play, man. And I didn't know, you don't know. I mean, I knew because I, but, cause I've done a lot of other stuff too outside of the soap, but they're a lot like Sonny's energy. So it didn't really, was it not much different? Even the priest I played in this Mickey Rourke thing was, his energy was dark and stuff. But when you play Mike, and then you go to Sonny, not that I have done the Sonny, <laughs> but there might've been a few little things here and there. It's a mother. Uh, it's dark. It's dreadful. It's uh, the, the, his motor, his engine is like at about third, third gear. I play Mike. I'm in first, second, maybe. I've gone to like fourth with a little bit of here. We gets pissed off. But um, so I like Mike. I love Mike. I mean, it's fun. Cynthia's a look, I don't Cynthia Waltros, this is an actress who I've heard that her Emmy reel was the best Emmy reel ever on the face of the earth. I didn't know much about her, just like I told Laura, just I didn't know much about Laura before she came to GH. I just know that Cynthia Cynthia can act. And I don't think we've touched on what she can do. And I know the audience is well, you know, it's, they don't blame her, they blame the character and this and this and that. But uh, I think coming up, like I keep saying, there's about starting now is about a month and a half or so of story that I play. It's, I think it's just sweet, man. Sweet, sweet. Because you, you, we've had a long time to build this. You don't have that in soaps. Because I think they've kind of said, oh, just let them over there out the pasture. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we'll just we'll deal with that, that story later. And that's all right, because we've been able to build and the relationship between Lenny and Phyllis and Nina and Sonny, you watch in the next month. It's it's like a it's a real relationships is all I'm going to say. You know, at the beginning of the story, were you hesitant at all about presenting a different? No, energy. No, I mean, I, I was I was I didn't know to be 100 percent honest. I, I didn't really know if the audience would buy it. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Sinatra, if he goes to sing country music, uh, you know, you, you get a feeling of it doesn't mean Frank Sinatra won't go and do it. And he may have the greatest time. Like I'm having a great time. Uh, you know, I, and I get a lot of comments like, we don't care if you're having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care if you're having a great time. Stop saying that. We want you back in Sunny. And I understand that the audience, they want Sunny and they're back in Sunny. And, uh, and that's cool. I don't, I don't, Everybody's entitled to how they feel and what they think. I just don't think they should be as mean sometimes uh, because I think sometimes even the way it's playing now, when it's, it's, it's being played, I think, wonderfully, some people have blinders on, and that's what I, can, that's what I don't mind. But we'll see where it, where it goes. I think it's going to be incredible when Sonny goes back to, or Mike goes back, or Sonny, I don't know who I am right now. Am I Maurice? Yeah. <laughs> to Port Charles and see what happens. Well, what was your approach to Mike? I mean, was there anything specific that you did in terms of making him different from Sonny or just creating a, really a new character here? Yeah, you know, you, it, you know, the, what I do with my work is usually subtle. I'm not the big guy that does big things, you know. I can't, that's not me. I mean, I, I think I can do it. I just wouldn't do it for six, seven, eight months. That would kill me. So subtly, I knew that I would have to change his energy. Uh, like I said, he, he operates in like first, second gear, first, first gear. And I knew I'd have to make him more like me, make him laugh more, make him smile more. His hands would be in his pocket. There were times where Frank would come out and say, you can take your hands out of your pocket. And I, I said, really? Because that's what I thought he, he, where he was, where Sonny is, you know, the way Sonny stands, the way he does things. And, um, and Sonny, the way Sonny thinks is always somebody's out to get him. That's his thinking process. So he's always, if I'm talking to you, I'm like, why is she laughing now? Interesting. 
Oh, okay. That's Sonny, right? Where Mike is like, hey, I'm a good guy, man. You want to dance? All right, come on. You want to and, <laughs> and I think um, I think the I think Mike is liked. It's just they just want it's just Sonny. You know, it's like we just have to go back to Sonny. But I think I think if 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 Mike was in a different like in a movie with Phyllis and Lenny and this whole thing, it could be interesting, very interesting. Mm-hmm. But but I'm still I'm still gonna make it is work as much as I can here this lag because. I've been having so much fun, and now I have to go back. I can't tell you what, what I'm doing, but just know that it's, I'll give you a, a clue. When I go back and do what I got to do, it's art imitating life. Okay. Mm. And you guys will, will check that out. Well, it's interesting because for the first time in your GH career, your character has not been in Port Charles, so you haven't been interacting with the people who normally surround Sunny. Uh, so I'm curious, like, how often you actually see, like, you as Maurice, see, you, do you see people like Steve and Laura and Chad and Dominic around the studio now that you're not in scenes with them? And yeah, unfortunately, I, I see Steve a little, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, so uh, you know, I, I see people quite a lot, um, but not as much as I used to at all. And I don't have, look, I, I like being in a whole different world. I do. I, I, I actually like being in a whole different world, so... Uh, but it's, it's going to, when it goes back to where it goes back to, then we'll see what happens. I don't know if it goes back, maybe it will never go back. (laughs) Well, do you miss them? Uh, no, I mean, I gotta be honest. I, I see them. So I don't really, I do miss, I don't know. Cause I'm not, I'm not really missing playing Sonny. I got to tell you the truth and fans are going to hate me and be on my ass. But, you know, I'm just an honest guy. I got to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I did it when, like three weeks ago. I played both characters. And uh, Sonny was just, an, the, I don't know what he was. But I, I felt like taking a shower after I played him. Interesting. So you found it to be a little... Ugh. Ugh. And it wasn't even a big thing. It was just a thing. And the difference in how I had to change up felt really dark. Mm-hmm. But that's him, man. And that's what people want. That's what they like. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, your primary co-stars in the Nixon Falls universe have been the actors who played Lenny and Phyllis, Joyce Guy and Riff Hutton. I mean, there's such a lovely bond that is formed between Mike and Lenny and Phyllis. But tell us about working with those two actors. The biggest compliment I can give is that it, it, it's a real world to me when I'm acting. It doesn't feel like these are actors. It feels like we're in this bar. And especially when you see the next month, it is just precious for me being there with those actors because no one's acting. We're just kind of playing it as real as we can play it. And, you know, as an actor, sometimes, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Sometimes you're in the scenes and you're like, really? You know, I mean, that's what happens, right? And I'm not, of course, I wouldn't name any names. I'm just saying throughout my years that has gone on quite a lot in my head. And you're like, wow, that can't keep, okay. And then you keep, you got to do what you got to do, right? You know the story, right, with Vanessa? I do, but Seth doesn't think she does. So you got to hit us with it. You know, I was working with Vanessa early on, Sonny and Brenda. And it was cool. (laughs) <laughs> but I knew it wasn't, it wasn't going to get to where I wanted it to get if she didn't get better. I knew she had this, these eyes and this energy, and, but her, you know, she's, her skills weren't where they should have been. And this is the old me, because <laughs> so, I, I was like an egomaniac. So we're on a plane coming from Puerto Rico. Me, Lily Melgar, Ricky Martin, Vanessa. And she came up to me and I said, hey, how you doing? And I said, listen, do you want to be a good actress? I'm just curious. Or a great actress. She goes, well, why? I said, well, because right now it's not really, it's good. I get enough, I guess. But if you want to be great, you need a lot of work and I'm willing to help you. And she said, I want to be a great actor. And that's how it all, that's how so we worked together and worked together. I remember it took a little bit, took a little bit. She's a hard worker. Like Steve was a hard worker. Like Brian, all these young actors that I, 
And, but she was really determined. Nothing's going to stop Vanessa, trust me. And then one time we did a scene where we're breaking up. It was like eight scenes. And, I, and I'm watching her in the scenes going, oh, my God, she's Meryl Streep. And then after the scenes, I said, you're done. I said, do not go backwards. Go forward now. You can't do any, any of your work now cannot be less than what you just did. And then she took off like a, and then she studied with somebody else afterwards, came back to the show, it was incredible. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Those were, for anyone listening who doesn't know, the famous Sonny Finds the Wire on Brenda scenes. Yeah, but actually that wasn't that. That was before when she still wasn't all that. This was other time we broke up that were not that intense, but it was just so I had, I still worked with her, worked with her, worked with her. But those scenes everybody loved, but I, I still feel like those could have been better. But she, she throws herself into everything. Like, a, it's just, she's so freaking fearless. Even if she wasn't good, it didn't matter because she just threw herself in there. But once she got good, you saw, you, we all saw what happened. So you mentioned um, earlier that you weren't really that familiar with Cynthia Watros before you started working with her, but... Uh, yeah. Tell us about, you know, your discovery of her as a co-star and uh, developing the working relationship with her. Well, I knew she was on Lost, but I never watched Lost. And then, like I said, I had a few people tell me this Emmy tape was the greatest tape. And I'm like, uh, what about mine? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no, this was the greatest Emmy tape. <laughs> um, she's so sweet, man. So nice. And I just saw a show yesterday and I, I was going to, I don't know her number and stuff, but I was going to give her a text and tell her she was so subtly good with Sonny sitting there talking about stuff. I was like, yes, because, you know, they don't get they're not giving us, as you could probably tell, a, a ton. Right. It is what it is. It's this. It's that. But in the last month or so, they have been they had given us quite a bit. And so yesterday when she was doing this, this scenes, I was like, that's a real, real actress. That ain't a no joke actress. That's somebody who knows what's up. And I was like into it when I watched it and I'm not, and, and please audience, I'm not, I don't need to sell anything. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm good. All right. I'm good. At, you know, you can like it or hate it or whatever. I'm just saying when I watched it yesterday, I was like, kind of going, that's just the way a scene should be and, and, and the way it's shot and the way it looks. Um, I was really into it. So that's just my opinion, but who knows? Yeah, we agree. And, you know, we've seen a lot of comments online, even from people who don't necessarily love the storyline about how much chemistry there is between you and Cynthia. So do you feel that in your scenes? That <laughs> I mean, I feel it. And then I see it yesterday and I'm like, okay, you guys, Sonny, whatever, but enjoy this while you got it. You'll never have it again. Or maybe you will. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because you may, but you should enjoy it while you got it because it's really, uh, it's something. And, and, and Cynthia and I, we talk before scenes and I'll, t- and I'll say things like, mm, why don't we, we should do this and we should do that. And she's so, uh, you know, some actresses in the past, and uh, I've said things and they roll their eyes and, and I'm like, okay, that's it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> or, or they'll like, you know, whatever. And, but Cynthia is so receptive and she, she's appreciative and she'll do whatever you say, like, you know, to the directors, if the director, Laura rides the same way. You can tell Laura to jump off the, the tree over there and, and still play Carly. She would. Um, <laughs> But it's, I'm having, I, I, it's, it, it's really, it's really, uh, I'm having a good time with that. And then uh, Riff and Joyce, I did this little in, Instagram video with uh, Riff. And it's amazing. I just showed it to somebody yesterday. And in that video, it's not a lot said, but the emotion in that video between him and I make you cry, man. Make you cry. It was like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. That's the relationship I had with him. Well, I'm really curious to know, um, because you have worked with so many different leading ladies over the years, um, where, is, like, where do you think chemistry comes from? Like, do you think you either have it with a certain actress or you don't? Or do you think that it can be created or worked on or even like 
faked between you and a woman that you're working with? That's a great question. That question should be asked a lot more. <sighs> um, I don't, you know, then it's hard for me to stump me, but you, you just did. The chemistry comes from, there's something that happens when you're in a scene. Like, you can be two great actors, Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro, work together and it doesn't work. So there's that special element that has to come in, and I can't even say what it is. Vanessa and I, it just, sometimes it's just how you look together. We just had a, a look that it was like, it was just like, we were like almost brother and sister, so alike, but it worked. And then her needing to be a good, everything just worked that way, right? And I was, I always make, every, and, and, and if any actress tells you differently, they're bullshitting you. I try to make every relationship work, even if there's not a lot of chemistry or not. The problem that I have on GH, like I always say, is a, a girl with Sonny is like, it's like my mother. The audience is like my mother. No one is good enough for Sonny except Carly and Brenda. That's just the way it's worked. And you, when you try to do it any other way, because I believe, now that we're going down this road, I believe I had something with Kelly. Kelly. Sullivan? Uh, yes. That bra could act. Let's not fool anyone. She can act. And we had a relationship, good relationship, but the fans don't want it. It's not happening, okay? Laura, you knew that it would work because all the other Carlys had worked except the one. And Laura has uh, so much energy and then the, 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 the contrast worked and that stuff, right? But uh, there's been other ones that I think had chemistry could have worked and it's tough. It's tough. When you become a Sunny Brenda, Sunny Carly, it's tough to have. Mama says no one's good enough for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Mike has fallen really hard for Nina, but the audience and you as an actor know that she's been lying to him the whole time. So we're not saying this is going to happen, but if you were to make an educated guess, how do you imagine Sonny would react if his memory came back and he found out that Nina kept him from his family from all this for all this time? Well, he ain't going to react well, but, can, you can, but can, you can lose your memory, but can you lose your heart? question that's the that's the dilemma there right mm -hmm. or not a dilemma it depends i mean i think it's going to be fantastic scenes i think that's where we're going to see who cynthia waltros really is as an actress mm -hmm. and i can't wait um all right another thing i wanted to know your opinion on uh as mike you know nothing about this but as maurice presumably you are aware that to stave off a threat by one of the other five families jason and carly have gotten engaged what was your reaction to that twist? And last time I talked to Steve, he had not had a chance to discuss it with, with, with you, but I'm hoping that you have given him what for. I think it's great. I think it's great. And, I, and you know, my wife and stuff, Sonny's, you know, you have to understand. Sonny don't understand. You know, I don't know how it's going to come down, how he finds out or whatever. Um, but he's going to be in fifth gear at that point. And there you will see scenes that are going to be <laughs> crazy because he, 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 you know, betrayal on Sonny because he don't, he's going to be Sonny and it's going to be so confusing to him. And it's his mind. He, his body hasn't even, how long has he been dead? A year? If that, I haven't even dead a year. Not my best friends with my, you know, and, and you could tell him it's business. You could tell him whatever, but we'll see how they, they play that. But he ain't going to be happy. He's not going to buy them a wedding gift? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it, but it's going to make good scenes. Mm -hmm. Well, presumably at some point we are building to a big soapy climax here where Sonny does return, probably at some very peak moment. Um, mm -hmm. How will you approach playing Sonny again now that you have played Mike and you do have feelings about it? Well, once I can, once Mike is done, you know, you bury him in my head. He's done. We go. We move on to the next. And I have to kind of accept what I've told you already, that that's just the way it is. And then I can move forward and I'll, I'll be this uh, sunny. Uh, and then I'll probably have fun in the scenes, telling off Carly and Jason. And uh, I would just hope that they give me the opportunity, and I, I think they will, to ha have sounding boards. Um, you got to understand something. Nobody, nobody was aware of this 
you know, Soap Digest or Soaps in Depth or nobody ever wrote about this. And I'm going to give you this right now. Do you understand what I had to go through whenever there was a storyline? It was always me against everybody else. Nobody was on my side except the girlfriend I had that nobody liked. Okay. It was always me against Jason and Carly and the Quartermains and everybody at Port Charles and even the fans because Michael would get shot. Whose fault is it? He's in a coma. It's Sonny's. Oh, now Sonny's with who? Uh, Emily. Who's Emily? Jason's younger sister and the whole family hates Sonny. And over here, this and this. I used to go and say to the you know, producer whatnot, hey, enough. I cannot keep going into a gang fight with a toothpick. It's not fair, man. So at least now, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm not, hey, man, this is fun now. Because before it was, even, in, and they would all say to me, because you're, you're the only one that can do it. And I'm like, but can you stop doing it like so many times? It never ended with, it was always Sonny's fault. Uh, and then I'd read in Soap Digest and nothing would be said to help me out. But that's all right. <laughs> but that's all right. It was always like, I can't believe he's with Emily. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, now i got to fight Soap Digest too. Oh, but anyway, this, <laughs> this is fun now because we're even. Right. It's even. They got their, their narrative. I have my narrative, but I ain't going to a gang fight with a toothpick. I'm going with a gun. True. And I'm going to shoot that gun. You trust me, I'm going to shoot that gun. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, <laughs> I feel personally attacked by your dead-on impression of me. <laughs> Okay, so oh, the yeah, last- it was tough. It was tough, but whatever. It's, that's over. Yeah, you know, Maurice, there have been regimes who don't love being criticized. It's a very yeah. balance for us as yeah. people who report on. I get you. I get you. Know, you. I get you. And, and you know, no, no, nobody really knew because I didn't talk about it. In like I'm talking about it now, I didn't talk about it. So it, it was what it was, and. Um, it was tough on me because mental, my mental health, would. it was tough. So the last time we had you on the podcast, you were just getting started with the YouTube version of State of No, Mind. really? Yeah. We had just transferred from Instagram to YouTube. And since then, of course, it has grown tremendously. You've had some incredible guests on for some incredible, raw, real conversations. Um, as you, you know, reflect on the last year of interviews that you've done, are there conversations that stand out to you particularly uh, insofar as like how meaningful they were, how much they affected you personally and so forth? You know, what's funny is I was thinking about it as I was jogging today, I was going to talk to you guys. Anybody who steps into the state of mind room, they become just very interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, you know, whatever I think they're going to be when I watch it, when I'm there, I can't really tell. I'm just in the moment. But when I watch it, I'm like, damn, like Jason Thompson was, he became Anthony Hopkins. You know? <laughs> it's like, and the way we, we shoot it and the way uh, my editor, Melissa edits and stuff, but um, I don't know, you know, everybody has their, it, they just, we just get deep in there and they know they feel, you know, the first thing I say to them, I have never said this before. First thing I say to them is whatever you say that you don't like when you go home, call me and I'll cut it out. So, and no one's ever called me except one person and I had to cut it out. And it was actually unfortunate because it was the best thing of the interview. But everybody else is cool. They, you know, they trust that I'm going to make them look good and everything. And the beauty of it, of state of mind for me is that I think everybody knows it's helping people, man. And you can't put a price on that. You can't, I mean, yeah, the, my book, and that was also the same thing. But with State of Mind, I get to see what they, the comments, like, right away. And, and oh, man, I'm getting emotional. There's a lot of people struggling with mental health. And God knows I have this last year. Even Simone Biles today. And uh, it's just, it, it reminds me of why I keep doing what I'm doing. That's all. And these actors that have come in and, and thing is I'm, I'm trying now to branch out. So 
I interviewed a football player, a WWE wrestler, a TV critic. Can't wait to get to him. A Broadway star. So I'm trying to get out of the soap. Not, not that the soap is, but I've done so many soap opera people. Um, I want to get branch out and just, and, and sometimes I interview just anybody because I want to. It just like when we have a thing like I did with the butterfly, this bipolar butterfly girl. And because because I, I find people interesting. I find people interesting. I even want to do something, but I, but somebody said, you got to be careful. I want to go interview some a homeless guy mm-hmm. and just make that state of mind for that segment and just talk to him and, and see what he's all about. Because I'm so curious about that, that life and how difficult it must be and everything. Well, what's it like to be on the other side, to be the person who's doing the interviewing, and what kind of prep work do you do for each guest? That's a good question. You guys are asking some really good questions. What I do, look, it's, it's been a process, man. <laughs> and my family loves me to death, but they're, they're so damn uh, critical and per, they're perfectionists. You know what I mean? So in the beginning, they're like, that sound sucks. I'm like, oh. The color's not good. I'm like, oh man, I'm trying, I'm trying to do. And you're, you, the way you interview, and it was a process, okay? Now, when I had, <laughs> when I had State of Mind in the car, it was all me in there. No one's going to say anything, okay? I produced it. I uh, put the music. I edit right there on the spot. Boop, 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 boop. I thought about what I was going to talk about. I only missed one day out of a year. How long was I doing it? I don't know. I think a year. One day because literally my mental health, I couldn't do it. But I could do it the next week, but I could not do that day. So everything was cool. And then I went to YouTube and then I got critics everywhere. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in the beginning, I, I, I used to do this thing where I put, I don't know what I did. I put a, I was sitting in front of my wife and then she slipped and I was at Jim Warren's house and it was like, what the f- and, but it got 150,000 views. So, you know, I mean, but I wanted, I wanted State of Mind to look a certain way and I'm finally got it, but it's taken, trust me, trials and error. It's like, I had it in the living room. Then my wife's like, man, the living room. I she goes, let's make it a little room over here. And we did it. And now I finally have it because uh, I, I didn't want those microphones in my face. I wanted them a little classier look. So I bought the, the mics here and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's working. It's working good. And, uh, and I promote it. Listen to me. I promote this thing like it's a movie every week. I use all my social media and I, and I tell actors, take it back. You're going to get so much love when you do State of Mind. And they do. But some actors do not take advantage of it. They don't know how, they don't want to, whatever it is. But I think it's important to take advantage of, of all that. And, you know, I mean, we need our, our, our audience. We need our fans, right? Mm-hmm. So I promote it every week. I'm going to tell you how the story started and what I'm doing on Sunday. I was with Dominic and Johnny in front of GH. We're talking and we're talking about sex. And somebody said, man, this conversation would be good on State of Mind. And I said, yeah, uh, I'd have to, have to talk to my wife first. She's got to okay everything. And then I said, but we need a doctor, though, there. So my wife said, cool, actually. She wasn't all excited. She's like, well, it would help people. And it, so then I, I, I was going to get a doctor. And then I just said, nah, I didn't do it. So then about a month and a half ago, I said, you know what? I'm doing this. So I called Dominic and Lisa LaCicero, and we did a whole state of mind on sex. Wow. Now, look. You tune in. <laughs> you got to tune in. It's, you know, we were all pretty cautious. And then afterwards, I said, look, I'm going to see it. If I don't like it, I'm scrapping. So I saw it, and I thought it was done with class. And i just give you a hint. It's the angle of how a man should not treat a woman. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, de- we dive in there. You chose, <laughs> you chose some good guests for, the, for that particular. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were great. Lisa didn't say a whole lot, but just her being there was really cool. And, uh, and we had a discussion on what's not cool and what's this. And it was, I loved it, loved it. So you'll see it Sunday. Okay. 
Now, I wanted to mention, I saw that uh, Eileen Davidson tweeted about uh, to you and to Kim complimenting you for like lifting the veil on some of these things. I mean, I think it's so, I think she, she hit the nail on the head about yeah. one of the things that makes it so important and, and helpful, yeah. what, you're, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's mental health, but like uh, Jason Thompson didn't know anything, but he didn't, nothing personal with mental health, but he, he was so damn smart and curious about it that it made it really cool to watch him talk. Um, some people that I know, like uh, if, you know, somebody will send me something, my, my assistant will send me something and say, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of this girl? And I'm like, do it, ask. And that's how we do it because I see that she's been through something or, or this or that. And I am so proud of, of State of Mind more than anything. I think uh, just just all about it, about the, the, you know, mental health and, and, you know, you guys know I've been through hell, so you got to give back. And that, this is my way of giving back tremendously. You can do it with acting, but it's just not quite the same. Well, what does it mean to you that people really open up during these conversations? I mean, they could go in there thinking, I'm not really going to talk about this or that. But then I feel that through their conversations with you, they become a, their guard is sort of lowered a little. And they're sharing things that we've never heard about them before. Yeah, that's true. That's that is true. Uh, I had Allison Sweeney on, and I had a script in my because I was a little nervous with her. I got to be honest. I don't know why. And I just she asked me why. I said because you're like a strong woman and successful. And I don't know what it was with her. It got me a little. But I had a script that I wanted to kind of gauge how to talk. And boy, from the beginning, we just went off, man. She got real deep, real quick. And it was like, whoa, I didn't know it was going here. All right, so I went with it. Uh, I think one thing, I'm, I know I've, I've talked about this before. What, what I do as an interviewer is I, I will make you feel really comfortable and safe. And one thing I don't have, and but that's just, I'm very insecure about not being smart enough because I barely graduated from high school. So a couple people have come in that were so smart that I, I was thrown. That is tough. You know, like Joe Rogan, whoever else, they have knowledge about everything. Howard Stern. I'm very myopic. And that's a big word for me. But I just had to put it in there. Where I know about mental health, acting, you know, this, that, um, goats. life, goats. But I, when it comes to, like, other stuff, that's where people who don't have education, you have to get education because, you know, the joke is for me, yeah, I didn't need education because I'm an actor, but I didn't know I was going to be an interviewer. Get me? Yep. So that's where I, I wish I had paid attention in school. Or, or I mean, you, somebody could say to me, you still can't. But at least I'm able to uh, make people feel safe where they can talk. And, you know, me and Laura Wright just did uh, State of Mind and, and I was crying. I had tears coming down my face. She was emotional. It was cool. I'm curious, like, does it change your relationships with, like, particularly, say, when you've interviewed coworkers that you maybe didn't have these kinds of conversations with prior? Like, do you, does it give you kind of like a secret handshake, if you will? <laughs> you yeah. Know, in the halls the next time? Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm very appreciative and honored that, they 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 want to do the state of mind and they they're they appreciate it and that makes me feel good you know believe it or not as as big of a like how can i say this i may come across like this guy who you know i'm sunny and i I this and i'm this actor and this guy but deep down i'm that little kid who is so thankful to have anybody come on you know it's weird it's like, I can't, you know, like when they walk in, cause I do this thing now where when they walk through the gate, they're on film and we keep like behind the scenes and I bring them in. And I always feel like a little kid when, <laughs> when I'm bringing, especially with people that I don't know that well, it's like, whoa, this is a trip. But I, I guess that may, I hope it never ends for me to feel that, but um, I love it more than anything I do. I gotta be honest, more than anything I do. Um, any dream guests that you would love to have on State of Mind? Yeah, um, the uh, tennis star, which I just saw a documentary. Naomi Osaka, or yeah, 
I, I just saw her die, and she's, you know, lives with mental illness. Um, Simone Biles, if that's where it's going, uh, those would be incredible interviews. I'd like to interview some actors that don't talk about it. I remember when, um, when you started doing these YouTube things, you told me, like, I'm interested in having, like, these people from the show, but people don't want to talk about it. I think yes. Interesting. Yes, there are. There, I have to be honest. Uh, many, you know, a lot of people have said yes, may, but there has been two, I'd say, that, and I respect that 100% because they're not comfortable revealing. But, you know, what, what I always, this is why I've talked about it since Oprah, by talking about it is helping people. Mm-hmm. And I think you, some people don't understand that really, but it truly is. If you read, you know, the comments and whatnot, and you hear people say, I've never, you know, talked about it, but now that you're talking about it, I get to talk about it because I get to say, well, so-and-so has it. And, and there's a lot of that going on. And the awareness is so important. And now I haven't shut up about it, <laughs> which it's just the way it's been. And I, and I, I don't think I'll ever will. There was a, there was a point during the pandemic last year where I was thinking of not going on with it state of mind. And I said, you know, what's the point now? I'm just, I'm up right now and I don't feel right. I just won't do it anymore. And then I got a, a comment from somebody on Twitter that said, and it was just a little thing. She said, you know, it's great that you do this because it makes us feel we're not alone. And I said, wow, I got I can't stop. Yeah. I can't stop. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, Maurice, we have to let you go, but we don't want to. <laughs> and before we do, uh, we do want to mention to the listeners that in the coming week, Maurice is going to be doing an Instagram takeover of the General Hospital account. That's at General Hospital ABC, if people aren't already following it. And you'll be doing an Instagram live with me. So we're going to do a live interview and take live questions from viewers and fans. So be sure to watch out for uh, the details on that on GH's social media and on Soap Opera Digest's social media. And Maurice, is there anything, I guess, that you would want to say to the people listening about um, I think no matter what, uh, whatever has been going on for the last seven, eight months, um, you're going to, you're not going to miss what's coming up. I can guarantee you that it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be fireworks. And when I, when I can go and have fun, like the next uh, story, whatever that is, and uh, everything's going to be just ready for me to uh, rock and roll. <laughs> well, we can't wait. And thank you so much for all your time today and for sharing it. It was good, man. This was a really great chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Maurice Bernard for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.